Hey, good morning. I'm Playbook co-author Rachel Bade. It's Tuesday, April 25th. And the big news out this morning is that President Joe Biden will be announcing that he is running for a second term. It is four years to the exact day that Biden launched uh, his most recent presidential campaign. Biden has always been considered somewhat superstitious, so perhaps this doesn't surprise people who follow him closely. Another big headline of the day, the continued media fallout from the big news out of CNN and Fox News. Tucker Carlson is out and Don Lemon is also getting the squeeze, as my colleagues uh, on Playbook PM wrote yesterday. A lot of people, I think, are asking right now, why now for both of these guys? I mean, Don Lemon has been engrossed in controversy for a while now. Just, you know, a few weeks ago, he said Nikki Haley was Pastor Prime. There's been reporting about how he treats female colleagues for a while. And yet, all of a sudden, on Monday, we saw that he was out. I do think we're going to see more details about that today. And Tucker Carlson, you know, a lot of his texts came out recently where he was both bashing President Trump, but then sort of pandering to him on uh, his air. And this obviously comes at a time when Fox News is going to be paying hundreds of millions of dollars in the Dominion voting lawsuit. So we'll be watching that closely. As for what's happening on Capitol Hill today, we are going to be watching, I am watching closely, if Speaker Kevin McCarthy is able to get this bill passed, a GOP debt ceiling bill, this would be a huge accomplishment for him. Uh, Notably, Speaker Paul Ryan and Speaker John Boehner, both of them wanted to pass Republican debt ceiling bills and were not able to. So if he's able to do this, uh, it's a huge deal. And this morning, I have Congress reporter Olivia Beavers, who is our House Republican whisperer, joining me on the phone. Hey, Rachel. Thanks for having me. So you have the latest scoop on the GOP debt ceiling strategy. You sat down yesterday with Tom Emmer, who's the House Republican whip. Mm-hmm. What's the upshot from that? What are you hearing in terms of their vote count right now? I mean, the whip office won't get into their vote count, but they are sort of taking this message of being very confident that they're going to have the votes and their message. um, You know, there's still some holdouts. And I know that you and I have probably been talking to some of them. They range from Congresswoman Nancy Mace to some of the more Freedom Caucus members. And then you might have some other rumblings about the Midwestern members who are uncomfortable with biodiesel and ethanol sort of provisions in this. But they're saying they're almost sort of challenging them and saying, well, if we don't pass this, then you're basically handing the baton to President Biden and the Democrats who get to have the first sort of opening pitch of what the debt ceiling is going to look like. I just think it's so interesting that the whip, the guy who is in charge of getting Republicans to vote for this bill when they can only lose four votes, mm-hmm. is telling you they're not going to make changes to this bill, like take it or leave it kind of thing. I mean, usually when you cover Congress, you see the whips, they're bending over backwards to get votes, especially when you have a slim margin like this. I mean, I guess I'm wondering, do you think this is is it confidence or is it almost like a reverse psychology thing going on here. I mean, I'm just curious. I mean, you've covered Republicans for a long time. Mm -hmm. Were you surprised by this tone? Not necessarily the tone. What I do think from covering enough of these votes is that things change so quickly. And like we're a few days out. We haven't seen the rules debate where, you know, they now have some more conservative members like Chip Roy and Thomas Massey who who might have, you know, very powerful decisions going forward. And, And my understanding is that they're not yes on this vote yet 
at the moment. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of sort of things at play that might create problems for the Republican leadership. Emmer was saying McCarthy has told me this, but if McCarthy starts getting wind that they don't have the votes, they might go back to the negotiating table. I don't know if I fully will say that the door is closed, even if that's what they're Mm. saying. And, you know, we've seen time and time again, they'll do these sort of dances and look, Republican leadership has been pretty successful so far in passing what they've said their agenda is going to be in different points, like the Ilan Omar vote where for a while, it seemed like they weren't going to have the votes and then they were able to muster them in the final moments. So these things are really fluid. I'm hearing from members and offices saying, oh, we're a no. But I also heard from them during the speakership vote, like different members saying, oh, we're, we're not going to support Kevin McCarthy. And then they did because they they didn't want to take that vote to challenge leadership and sort of be hung out to dry. So I sort of learned that lesson as a reporter of people sort of saying, this is my posture, and then they don't stick to it. Speaking of the speakership vote, one thing that has been, I think, really interesting to me is just reflecting on where Speaker McCarthy is in the conference with his members. Is he as weak as you thought he would be? Is he a little stronger? Like, how are things going for him? You know, I feel like almost weekly I do check-ins with sort of the, some of the 20 who opposed him, some of the conservatives who might be trouble for him on policy votes. And they've had really high praise for him so far. I mean, they're they're watching to see how this all, like this unfolds, as well as some of their other demands. But if you run up to them these days and say, what do you think of Kevin McCarthy and how he's been a speaker so far? I received praise from some of the 20, but they always caveat with like, well, let's see about X, Y, Z. Yeah, it's so interesting. What a different uh, Republican conference than just a couple of years ago. (laughs) Thanks for coming on, Olivia. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Rachel. And for the rest of your schedule today, the House will meet at noon with votes at 630. But the thing to watch is going to be the action in the House Rules Committee, which is going to be taking up McCarthy's big debt ceiling bill. If there's going to be trouble, it's probably going to rear its head there because there's a number of conservatives on that panel and their votes are going to be critical to getting this bill passed. Over in the Senate, they'll meet at 3 p.m. to take up the nomination of Joshua Jacobs as the VA Undersecretary for Benefits. That cloture vote will happen at 5.30 p.m. And finally, if you are heading to a party this week ahead of the White House Correspondents' Dinner on Saturday, tell Playbook who and what you're seeing out there. We want to know the gossip. We love any and all bold-faced names and faces for our spotted section. Plus, we'll keep you anonymous. You can find our phone number to text, as well as more reporting in politico.com slash playbook. I'm Rachel Bade. Thanks for listening.